This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show from the No Nate Never podcast. I'm producer Matt, sitting in once again for Natalie, and I'm joined as ever by our main man of the show, Statman Dave Roberts. Dave, good evening. Good evening, Matt, and good to have you back on the show again. Thank you very much. And it's uh, it's been a good week for Burnley, really, all in all. Only two points, but two, uh, two big points, I think. Yeah, fantastic draw, as we've mentioned in the last preview against Liverpool. And then uh, I think it's when, when you're scoring late on, you're getting a point. Um, you're always pleased, even at home, you're pleased with that when you've uh, come from behind. So I think uh, we were perhaps slightly fortunate. We did stick at it, as we always do, resilient Burnley. And we uh, we got our just desserts in the uh, in injury time. Very similar, mirror image almost, to the, uh, the game down there. Although I think if you're comparing the two penalty incidents, I think theirs was even uh, less of a penalty than some of the Wolves fans seem to think ours was. Yeah, there was a, a hot debate, shall we say, after the match last night. Uh, <laughs> Between the two sets of fans on Twitter, as to as to whether whether um, it it is a bit of a grey area, I suppose. You know, an action like an overhead kick somewhere else on the pitch might might well draw a free kick against the person committing it. But in the in the box, it seems I don't know. It seems it seems like it's more allowed in some ways. What, what what's your feeling on that? Do you, how how close do you think it would have to have got? Do you think it'd have to connect for it to then be given against Woody there or? I think if he had connected, it definitely would have been. But I mean, yeah. the, the first ang- the first two angles you looked at, it looked it looked a lot closer than it was, and it showed the angle from behind the goal, which was the the best angle. So you actually saw the the true perspective of it. He was a good uh, probably three feet away, um, and he pulled out of it as well. It wasn't like he kind of went through it and followed through. Mm-hmm. He was kind of pulling out yeah. of the uh, the kick. So um, I don't think the re- I mean the referee did really well to spot it in the first instance, and the. Uh, uh, Mr. Friend, our friend uh, Kevin Friend, uh, the VAR had no choice really but to uh, support that decision. It was the correct decision in the end, despite what uh, one or two Wolves fans, or quite a lot of Wolves fans by the sounds of it, thought. But I, mean, I think they were looking it through uh, uh, orange tinted spectacles for uh, for that one, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were, you know, obviously they're pushing for for not just top six but top four. So it was a bit, a bit quite a dent for them, I think, last night, really, on that regard. But still. Um... 
Burnley's chances of Europe slipping away, really, do we think, with uh, Spurs and Arsenal winning? Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. We, we could still win our last two games. We'd still need other results to go our way. I noticed Leicester were 1-0 uh, up at half-time, so that was a, a good result. Well, if it stays that way, that would be a good result from uh, from our perspective as well in, in terms of being able to potentially catch up with Sheffield United. So, um, you know, it's never over till it's over. All we can do is try and go out, win our last two games, and uh, anything out of that's, uh, beyond that's out of our control, isn't it? It is, yes. So before we look at the next game um, on Saturday, we need to look backwards uh, to the last preview show and the last quiz question that you posed, which was, do you want to re- uh, t- remind us what that question was, Dave? Uh, yeah, the quiz question was, we were looking back uh, when Burnley beat Wolves 2-1 at Turf Moor on Boxing Day 2002. It was actually our first home win against Wolves since a 3-0 victory in the FA Cup in 1970. That was a gap of 32 years and 13 games. So what we wanted to know for the question was, who was Burnley's manager and which two players scored Burnley's goals to earn that long-awaited home win? That was Boxing Day 2002. OK, now the, the manager might have been a, a slightly easier one than the goal scorers for people to get, but uh, what, what were those answers, Dave? Yeah, I kind of did it that way. I, I, threw, I had the players first, and I thought, well, I'll throw in the manager as well and see if we get a few uh, people uh, knowing that one. The manager, of course, 2002, was Stan Turnant. He was at Burnley between uh, 1998 and uh, 2004. Um, and the goal scorers that day, uh, Gareth Taylor scored the first goal, and Dean West, surprisingly, he was the uh, the one who got the second goal. So Stan Turnant, Gareth Taylor, and Dean West were the three names we were looking for. And was there anybody who got all three for us? Uh, yeah, we had quite a few. Quite a few knew it was Stan Turner, but the goal scorers proved a little bit more difficult. We did have two fully correct answers, and you perhaps not be surprised to know that two of our regulars, John Robertson and Rob Thomas, were in there. They were in touch uh, via uh, Twitter direct message, and they told us that all three of those names: Stan Turner, Gareth Taylor, and Dean West. Marvellous. Good stuff from two of our regular uh, regular quiz answerers there. And we will have another quiz question at the end of this show. Opposition stats. But now we do indeed need to look forward to this Saturday, just 48 hours away now. The game's still coming thick and fast, but down to the final two now. And it's still a uh, final away trip and probably one of the one of the longer trips for the team to make down to Norwich. Uh, it's a tea time kickoff, and it's live on Sky Sports, Sky One, and Pick Channel, which is on Freeview for any of you without a subscription, but I'm sure you all have figured that out by now. Um, so, Dave, what happened last time we faced Norwich? Uh, well, yeah, since we last met, uh, the reverse fixture at Turf Moor was both teams' sixth Premier League game of the season, and that was back in September. Uh, a Chris Wood double uh, with, within the first quarter of an hour earned Burnley a 2-0 win to lift the Clarets up to seventh place, and we were on uh, eight points after six games. Uh, but despite being only two points behind us at that stage, Norwich were in 16th place on six points. Uh, the Canaries have continued, though, to struggle, um, and they've been in the bottom three for pretty much most, well, pretty much all the season, and have looked stranded, really, for most of 2020. Uh, particularly after lockdown, they struggled also, and as expected, their relegation was finally confirmed last week. So they're uh, on their way back to the championship. They are indeed. A bit of a shame to lose a team like Norwich, who uh, you know, I think the manager in particular was trying his best, you know, to get them playing a you know a certain way. And but sometimes you've got to you've got to survive first and then grow from there, haven't you? 
They do, and they, we, we we did actually play them in between, if you recall, as well. They, they we mentioned mm-hmm. about the league match there, but they did uh, they did knock us out of the uh, the FA Cup in the fourth round as well. They did. I've got some neighbours who are Norwich fans who were quite mm. delighted at, at tea time on that Saturday to uh, <laughs> to crow about that one. Um, so, where are the team heading on Saturday? Well, well, tell us about Norwich's stadium. Oh, well, Carrow Road has been the uh, the home of Norwich City since 1935. Uh, prior to that, the Canaries played at a ground called Newmarket Road. That was for the first six years of their history, from 1902 to 1908. And then after that, uh, before moving to Carrow Road, they were at a ground called The Nest. Uh, that was between 1908 and 1935. Um, looking at Carrow Road, the old city stand uh, at that ground uh, was seriously damaged by a fire. Uh, thankfully, on a, a non-match day, and that was back in October 1984. That was overnight. Uh, there was a, a very serious fire, um, and around 40% of the stand was destroyed, and eventually the entire stand uh, ended up being replaced. Uh, in addition to that, the ground has since undergone uh, other significant improvements. That includes becoming all-seater in 1992, and that was following the implementation of recommendations from the Taylor Report, which of course took place in the wake of the 1989 Hillsborough disaster. Uh, Carrow Road can hold just over 27,000 fans, uh, but as we know, there'll be a limit of just 300 people in total at Saturday's game, which will take place behind closed doors for the majority of home and away fans. Thanks for that, Dave. So let's have a look at the actual matches themselves. What's, uh, What's the heaviest Burnley defeat down there? Uh, we've got to go back quite a way for that one. Our, our heaviest defeat in past away games against Norwich City was back in September 1938. Uh, that was actually at Carrow Road. I think we only ever played the one match at the Nest. We didn't play them uh, in the very early days at the Newmarket uh, Road Ground. We did play them once at the Nest, but this uh, defeat we're looking at was um, a 4-0 defeat. Uh, that was at Carrow Road, and that was also the last season before the outbreak of the Second World War. Uh, there were two goals in either half uh, for the home side, gave them a comfortable win, and that remains their biggest home win over Burnley in 20 past matches. Right, a long time back for that one. Now, the next two, we can uh, we can combine the next two. What is the biggest biggest Burnley win and Burnley's last win at Carrow Road? Yes, quite often happens, particularly for the away games. Sometimes the, uh, the, the biggest win can be the, the last win we've had, and that's the case in this instance. Uh, it is slightly more recent. Uh, we've come away f- uh, from Norwich with an away win on just four occasions in the past. Uh, th- three of those have been by a single goal, and the other one, the one we're going to talk about in more detail here, was an impressive 4-1 win, and that was in front of the Sky Sports Cameras in October 2006. Burnley's goals were scored by James O'Connor, uh, Andy Gray scored a brace and uh, Alan Marne nicked a goal late on as well. Uh, Norwich defender Gary Doherty was also sent off after an hour for a professional foul on Andy Gray, but Burnley were already 2-0 uh, up by that stage. Uh, such was the manner of the defeat on the back of a poor start to the season that City's manager Nigel Worthington was sacked within minutes of the final whistle, leaving that to be the main story rather than what Burnley had done on the pitch. Uh, Burnley have actually uh, visited uh, Norwich on four occasions since that 4-1 win in 2006, and we've drawn twice and lost twice. So that makes uh, that impressive victory under Steve Cotterill our most recent win. It'll be good to uh, reset the clock on that one on Saturday tea time. Um, So looking at the overall head-to-head, Dave, how does that look for our visits to to Carroll Road? Uh, yeah, our overall uh, away record against uh, Norwich City stands at played 20, 
Uh, we've won four, as we've mentioned already. We've drawn three and lost 13. That gives us a win percentage of exactly 20%. And that's also in line with our overall average away win percentage against all the other teams we play this season. Uh, there's actually only been two previous top flight meetings between the clubs at Norwich. Uh, and Burnley have lost both of them. Uh, they were in uh, seasons 1973-74 and also 1975-76. Uh, and in case it isn't obvious from what we've just said, uh, Saturday will be the first time the two teams have met in a top-flight game at Norwich in the Premier League era. So it's although we've obviously played them in the Premier League at Turf Moor, it'll be the first Premier League meeting at Carrow Road. Mm, we seem to have bypassed each other in uh, in uh, the recent years. Once or twice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, we've already mentioned this man once on our podcast, but uh, who is our referee on Saturday afternoon, Dave? Uh, well, hot on the heels of his role, uh, his role as video assistant referee in the midweek draw against Wolves, where he was called into action uh, certainly late on in the game, Kevin Friend, he's back on whistling duty, and he'll take charge of Saturday's game at Carrow Road. Um, he hasn't always been our friend, though. Um, he's already refereed three Burnley games earlier this season. Uh, he was in charge for the 3-0 home win over West Ham in November, but he was also there. He was in the middle for the 5-0 defeat at Spurs in December and also the 3-0 loss at Chelsea in January. Uh, in total, he's refereed 23 previous Burnley games, and we've just had seven wins in those, uh, five draws and 11 defeats. Uh, he's also shown three red cards in those games. Two were to Burnley players, that's Clark Carlisle and Stephen Jordan in separate games, um, and uh, just one to an opposition player. Uh, that was an interesting one. That was Preston North End's Billy Jones in the memorable 4-3 comeback win over the Lily Whites at Turf Moor in September 2010, one of the games which was on with the... Uh, Back to the fixture during lockdown, if you recall. Um, yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so on Saturday, um, Lee Mason will be able to put his feet up and he'll be able to take his turn in the VAR chair at Stockley Park. Celebrity fans! Now, we know this is Natalie's, uh, one of Natalie's favourite parts of the preview show. And um, so, who are Norwich's celebrity fans? Yeah, we've picked out uh, a selection of fans to uh, to to go through in this uh, podcast today. Um, I did actually tweet some of these out. I think that we, we don't get a lot of feedback when we tweet them out. I do put the handle in there, but most of the celebrities do uh, uh, do ignore it. But one of the ones who didn't is one of the ones in here, so we'll mention that when it comes through. Um, in in all, one of them doesn't actually have a Twitter account. But I'm going to leave that one till last. I'm going to go through the other six in order, so that we, in, in terms of the lowest number of Twitter followers up to the highest. So starting off first, we've got former MP Ed Balls, who uh, perhaps some people know more for his uh, exploits on uh, Strictly, I believe. Um, mm. He's got 278,000 followers, so a fairly significant following there. Uh, we've then got TV presenter Alexander Armstrong. Uh, he presents uh, Pointless, amongst other things. Uh, Xander Armstrong, he's got 421,000 followers. Uh, we've then got singer Mylene Class, who was the one who did at least like the uh, tweet we put out when we played the, I think it might be the FA Cup game, actually. We, we didn't do a, a preview show for the FA Cup game. We did um, uh, a series of tweets, didn't we? And I think she was she oh, right, was yeah. uh, responding to uh, to that one. Uh, Mylene Class. Friend of the show, then. Friend yes, of the friend, show friend of the show, it, Mylene yeah. Class. Uh, 441,000 Twitter followers. Uh, we've then got uh, TV presenter Jake Humphrey. 
uh, BBC uh, radio and uh, TV, isn't he? Um, he's got uh, 900,000 followers, quite an impressive following there. And then we've got two uh, two very impressive ones, uh, writer and presenter Stephen Fry. Uh, he's got 12.6 million Twitter followers. Ooh. And then finally, we've got actor Hugh Jackman, who's got 14.2 million followers. I say finally, that was finally out of the ones who've got Twitter accounts. I've left one till last, but it's definitely last but not least, uh, is Delia Smith, um, who's also, uh, interestingly, joint owner with husband Michael Wynne-Jones. And she's obviously uh, perhaps better known to people for her TV cookery shows and many cookery books. But she's, uh, yeah, definitely in the celebrity fan category. And for once... I think with having Dealer in there, we can safely say that at least one of these famous fans will be at the match on Saturday, because I'm sure Delia Smith will be there. I'm sure she will. She uh, she seems to be quite a good supporter and quite quite uh, a good attender of, uh, of matches for them. And cheerleader at half-time occasionally. Uh, well, occasionally, although uh, <laughs> I think she appeared on Saturday. The horse has already bolted on that one. So, uh, moving on, last bit of uh, last bit of facts and figures work for us this week on this show is, of course, your stat of the week. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Yeah, this week's stat of the week. I was struggling a little bit to find any really good stats relating to matches against Norwich, so I've gone instead with one which relates to Burnley's record on penalties this season. At Burnley have now been awarded three Premier League penalties in 2019-20. Uh, which is quite good because some seasons we've gone through and not had a penalty at all. We've actually had three now this season. And interestingly, all three spot kicks have been converted, but by a different player on each occasion. Ashley Barnes scored at Watford, the away game down at Watford earlier in the season. Uh, Jay Rodriguez scored in the home game against Bournemouth. And then obviously, more recently this week, uh, Chris Woods scored against Wolves. So we've had three spot kicks and three different scorers so far. Marvellous. Good to have uh, good to have choices when it comes to that job, I think. Definitely. So, Norwich are down, but uh, do you think they are out? Do you think they'll be kind of as toothless as they, as they have been? Or uh, how do you see it playing out on Saturday? Do you think they'll give us a game? Do you think they'll be trying to play for a bit of pride? I think they certainly will. I think, I think sometimes, it, 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 well, it can go either way, can't it? Sometimes when the pressure's off... Um, they, they do play with a little bit more freedom, so there's potential for that. I, I think perhaps that may, be, may come more into play when you've got a, a home crowd to impress, whereas they're not going to have that on, on Saturday, obviously, playing behind closed doors again. So whether that has a different um, angle on things, whether that uh, plays out differently, I'm not too sure. But um, it's a good opportunity for us to, to go there and, and, and get all three points, I think. Um, if you wanted me to to make a prediction, I'm tempted to go for a Burnley win. I'm going to go for a a two one Burnley win. Two. We're going to score two. Two. Yes. Oh, pushing the boat out. We've got <laughs> a minus eight goal difference to uh, to to turn around. So uh, we could do a Wigan. That would be quite nice. I think. Uh, we could have a fourth player getting a penalty. We could get uh, Mat- Matty Vidra's taking penalties before, hasn't he? So uh, maybe we can go for a fourth penalty and uh, a fourth different player to score it. Yeah, and he's he's probably likely to start, I think, on Saturday, isn't he? I think the, the, the noises that are coming out suggest that Jay probably won't be risked, certainly uh, from the start. Yeah, um, we... we, we did... Charlie Taylor is now joining the long yeah. queue of uh, people at the physio's door. So the team's almost picking itself, I think, for Saturday. A couple of changes we should see. 
I was going to say exactly the same. It, it, it's almost like you could pick the eleven for uh, for Saturday. Those those two you've mentioned, um, it's going to be the case, and it's really going to be almost like the only eleven senior players we've got virtually, because we are going to end mm. up um, probably short on the bench and filling it with um, younger players. I mean, that may well be, um, if, depending on what happens now and the next game, is giving some of those a, a chance at some point in the game as well. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. Fantasy Premier League update. So, as we record this on uh, on Thursday evening, uh, we are still partway through a game week in the Fantasy Premier League. So, uh, so Dave, what, what can you tell us uh about uh, what's gone on so far and and how the dream teams look this week so far. Uh, well, as you say, at the time of recording, game week thirty six plus, as it's been referred to, is still in progress. So it's a little unclear who leads away in the no nail ever league for certain. Uh, so until all of the midweek games been played and those points been added, we can't really uh, say with any certainty. So we've kind of. Uh, Got, gone off that. We'll leave that for this week. Uh, but thankfully, we'll have um, a gap of a full week between the penultimate round of matches, which take place this weekend, and the final match of the season, which are all going to take place at the same time. Uh, they're all on Sunday, the 26th of July, giving us a fairly big gap in between. Uh, and that does at least mean we can bring a proper uh, league table update when we preview our last match of the season against Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, but going on to the dream team, as you mentioned, um, we can look at the dream team for the previous set of matches, the one for the weekend. Uh, but despite our 1-1 draw against champions Liverpool at Anfield, a fantastic result there, uh, there were no Burnley players in last week's dream team. However, as being Burnley, as well as being Burnley's top overall point scorer, uh, Nick Pope is also leading the way as the highest scoring goalkeeper overall. Um, with a lead of almost 30 points over the rest of Burnley's squad, it looks very much as if Nick Pope is now virtually guaranteed to be the Clarets' best FPL asset at the end of the season. He's had a fantastic season, hasn't he? And I really do hope he does get that golden glove uh, to uh, to really um, credit what he's done this season. Uh, so stay tuned next time, as Dave says, and we will be able to provide a more detailed dive into the state of play before the final round of matches happens a week on Sunday. So finally this week, as always, we've got another question to tease you with. Uh, Dave, what have you got for us this time? Okay, for this uh, this week's question, I've gone with, uh, prior to this Saturday's game, who was the last Burnley player to score in a league game against Norwich at Carrow Road? And can you also tell us the year? I've been very specific with that question because I thought that there might have been another game in between that would be more likely to be mentioned in a lot of the match previews. So I've kind of gone for a slightly different one. We want to know the last Burnley player to score in a league match against Norwich at Carrow Road. And we also want to know the year. And how can they tell us that, Dave? Uh, well, as always, uh, people can tweet us uh, or send us a direct message on Twitter. Uh, that's at no near never. Uh, alternatively, uh, send us an email, podcast at no near never dot net. And uh, there'll also be a post up on the no near never Facebook page, which people can reply to. And if you ever need a helping hand for any information about past Burnley matches, uh, remember most of the stats included in this and previous preview shows are available to view on the Burnley stats page and more specifically the Burnley Stats Match Database. I've got a short link for that. It's bit.ly slash Burnley Match. That's bit.ly forward slash 
Burnley match in uppercase. Um, and we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of our next preview show. We will indeed, which uh, will be, of course, our, our final preview. But after after last matches, I think it's still to be decided how we'll wrap up this season in terms of shows. Maybe we'll all get together for a big no-name of a virtual party and uh, announce the winner and things like that. And, and an update for anyone in the FBL, no-name of FBL, we're going to have a prize that's slightly better than a sticker as well. Oh, we've uh, yes, we've got something um, something organised, but we obviously we uh, we need to wait and see who wins it. So fingers crossed on that one. Uh, so. That's all we've got time for on the preview show this week. Uh, I've got about a 10-minute break, and then I'll be setting up the lads who are in tonight uh, for the main show to look back at Liverpool and Wolves draws. Um, Dave will be back next week with either Natalie or myself, depending on her work commitments, to look ahead to Brighton. Uh, And, of course, we'll all keep our fingers crossed for three points away at Carrow Road on Saturday tea time. So... Thank you to Dave for all his facts and figures and stats. Thank you to you for listening and until next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.